Welcome back, guys. My name is Dimitri Sebastian. And I'm Wes Kendall. And we are back in session. Well, we're back for another episode, and I have a lot on my mind. I was talking about it mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, Wes and I just got done with a fucking killer workout. Back day. Yeah. And abs. And abs. We abs. hit abs, guys. We hit abs. <laughs> That's really big news for me, less for Wes. Wes actually does what he's supposed to do. And uh, he's actually did not ask me to do this plug. I'm doing this right now on my own. If you <laughs> know Wes and you live in Phoenix, actually you need to live in Phoenix and you need a trainer, mm-hmm. I recommend him personally because my stuff has gotten much better since you started working with me because I ignore a lot of stuff because as we know, it's the little things. Despite my leg size, I don't do legs and indicative of my soft core i don't do abs but wes is getting me on the proper way of doing things and i actually think that he's a a great trainer thank you bro i'm glad you're having a good experience i'm glad i can help a bro out with some gains bro (laughs) bro 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 (laughs) (laughs) well i was but i was talking about this for those of you that don't know what twitch is Mm -hmm. it is a website where people watch other people play video games it is about as stupid as it sounds but for, but frankly, I think it's hilarious, and I'm kind of in love with it right now. People make a lot of money on it. They do. It's another it's another re- revenue stream, and it's not for everybody. But recently, I, I play a lot of video games on the side. That's just kind of something I do because I find it entertaining. And I've been really obsessed with doing like audio work and video work recently, as you can tell with this podcast. And I, was, I decided I'm going to go ahead and set up my own Twitch stream. It was doing all the stuff, working with like the bit rate, the frames per second, all the stuff so they could come in clean from another computer over the internet and make sure everything was uh, looking really nice and clean. It took like uh, several hours, but for me, it was really fun because it's a hobby. So as I was doing that, I was going on, whenever time I pick up a hobby, what I end up doing is going on Reddit because mm-hmm. I find like the subreddit for that hobby. And Do some research. Oh, yeah. Because what's the best way to find how to do something is a bunch of people on the internet telling you what the right way to do it is. <laughs> But the problem I was seeing was there's all these people on there, and I'm assuming their kids. A big thing about Twitch is it's kids on there trying to create Twitch streams so they can make money from that instead of like having a real job. Because who doesn't want to play Fortnite and make money? That's you know, I mean, what do you play like these? I mean, you I play Fallout. Like, playing Fallout recently. I have been old yeah. school. If you could just play video games and get paid for it, no one's like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, there's these kids out there making like millions of dollars doing it. Yeah, they it's. They, I mean, they're obviously the few, and that's where it gets to my point. Where there's people in there and they're like, I think I'm gonna quit. This is so pointless. I've been streaming to zero people for like three months, and I did all this work to try and make my stream look as good as possible, and no one cares. And I'm sitting there kind of thinking to myself, and maybe it's just because it's uh, my big boomer energy, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> because you've been doing it for, first of all, three months. Right. You're, I'm guessing, pretty young. And, Probably annoying. All right. I, that's getting besides what, well, yeah, <laughs> if, if I feel bad for people who are in zero. They're not talented or charismatic at all. Like, I'm sorry, you're dead from the gate. Mm-hmm. But we're going to assume that they're not that. And the thing is, if you don't love the process and you don't love the activity, then you're not going to be successful with it. True. Because if you go into it for money, and you go into it for just, like, success, and you don't enjoy actually doing that activity, well, that's just, especially when you're talking about entertainment and on the internet and stuff, there's so many options. There's hundreds of people, thousands of people they could watch instead of you. Right. And you all you care about is making money from it. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, I'm doing this on, like, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, Twitch stream, Dem Seb, D-E-M-S-E-B, if you want to follow me, guys. Check them out. Yeah, check me out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a plug. That's uh, that's just natural. Shameless but, uh, plug. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, I started doing it because I was bored. I didn't have anything really to do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I was just like, this is just something for me to do. It's another thing for me to learn about. Right. And I'm enjoying that, and I'm, like, sitting there talking to myself. Every once in a while, someone comes in there, and I'm like, Hey, like and subscribe. But, you got uh, a couple uh, followers already, don't you? Um, no, I got people who like. I got lurkers. Okay, they like hang out for a little bit and then like the lever. I actually had these two guys hang out with me for like Are two they hours. Like, Show me your tits. <laughs> <laughs> they think I won't. <laughs> I 
but yeah, they were like not in the chat or anything, but they hung out and watched me play for like two hours. And I was just like about to get up. I'm like, all right, guys. So I don't know why you hung out so long, yeah. but thanks. <laughs> thanks <laughs> I literally for just, by. Literally just talking to myself the whole time. It was, it's kind of cathartic for me yeah. just because being like I'm a spaz like I am. So <laughs> just talking at no one is totally fine for me. Yeah. But I think the, to, to round this out, I was just so, and I think this is why a lot of older people get on like us millennials is they're talking about like, oh, well, they don't want to do any work. And to a degree, I think sometimes they're right because people just mm-hmm. don't appreciate the process. Right. But I blame that on social media and I blame that on just like how people perceive things because it seems like you should be able to get it right out of the gate because everyone's so young and they're like super rich and successful on the internet. Yeah, or at least it looks like they are. Yeah, right. It's And we, you know, I'm not going to give names or examples, but there was, you know, more than one person who like it kind of came out they're like oh this lavish lifestyle they're living is not real which we should have known from the start but you know it it takes i I called it (sighs) yeah i mean it takes a (laughs) you know an incident like that to really make people see yeah you just it's you start to realize that it's all frontage and there's a lot of work behind it and we were talking about even today where it's like people have their whole lives to live right we've got 17, 18, 19-year-olds just freaking out about how they're not making progress with anything. And it's like, dude, life is the longest thing you're ever going to do. Mm-hmm. So That's profound. Just, right? <laughs> but just, There are no shortcuts. Just do it. Just yeah. be a part of it. Do it. And like understand that like you're probably going to have to have a job for a while that you maybe don't love. I think like Gary Vee had a thing about that where he's just like, hey, if you don't have money, you need to make some. Right. So like, don't job, just quit your job, right? You got, you got to like grind outside of that. Yeah. Live frugally, save money yeah. and have it as a side gig. There's like, there's no need to quit your freaking job and stream in your mom's basement, making zero money mm-hmm. and having no friends or life when it's not working. Just like do it a couple nights a week after work. And right. then if it starts picking up steam, then you can start making some decisions moving forward. He's like, what, what does Gary C say? He's like, yeah, what are you doing from 6 p.m. till midnight? That's, you know, where you work on, like, your side hustle and your passion. <laughs> <laughs> well, what should you be doing from oh, 6 dude, p.m. to midnight? We, I've been making some big changes myself as far as that kind of stuff. So I was getting really frustrated with where I was at mm-hmm. or where I am at. And I'm in a good spot comparatively, but I was just like, man, I'm just not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's cutting down on that social media, finding more things to do and making something out of your time because you're right from six to 12 that's your time time. that's That's, your time right you sold the rest of your time to whoever you work for Mm -hmm. which i mean that's a very negative way to look at it but that's what you're doing you're selling your time so just you know take advantage of that (laughs) you owe that time to the u.s taxpayer tax paying system you know that's yeah right keep the engine running yeah i don't and i never get back as much as i think i deserve right right (laughs) yeah well let's kind of start rolling into the actual episode i just really need to get that off my chest and since i have a microphone now you can i get to do that (laughs) (laughs) right well uh any updates for you um just continuing on with prep i'm still making progress uh you know getting a little bit stronger uh i feel like i'm getting a little more vascular and leaner even though my weight has not changed Mm -hmm. so i mean i was hoping to actually like gain a little bit of weight so far but it's been more of a recomp than anything else i mean is the strength up though yeah um I mean, in certain lifts, it's definitely up. Like when when we did back today, I noticed like those pull downs. I was going for I was going for two hundred. Actually, got right, a couple. Was it, of it, was it pull downs or the bent over rows you were struggling with? Bent over rows, but that's something we haven't done in like at least a month. two months. Yeah, right. Yeah, but those pull downs, I was I, I got all the way to two hundred. Those were pretty nasty. Pretty those were actually pretty good. Those were moving nice, which then of course ruined the rest of the workout. Yeah. <laughs> we got a little over ambitious. <laughs> I had to pay for it the rest of the workout. Yeah, that's no, that's good. I think that. You're going to plateau because you said you had, what, 18 weeks left? Yeah, on Monday it'll be 18 weeks. 18 weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got plenty of time, and you're just going to have to You're gonna have to just pay attention to it because I feel like we were talking about that. It's a trust the process, which is right. always the super stupid thing to say. But at the end of the day, like that's you know where you're going to start seeing your development. True. Like my coach was telling me, he's like, you know, because I've always been a little bit on the smaller side uh, as far as like the bodybuilding crowd and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, you, people will count on you as the underdog, but you got to you got to use that to your advantage, which I feel like that's been a theme of my life. You mm-hmm. know, it's like people underestimate me and count me as an underdog. And then that's how I win. I love being underestimated, man. That's like yeah. what gets me mad. That's what gets me after it. Like that's I feel like underdogs 
starving dogs run harder. Right. They, if you're if you're hungry, you're gonna run harder. And if people tell you you can't do something, it's like, man, I'm it's like, I please tell play. me that so I can like, work. Please harder. do exactly. Yeah. I have that personality. It's like, please tell me I can't do it because I yeah. need a reason to freaking mm-hmm. show you that you're wrong. Right. And that's obviously super toxic. I should probably <laughs> take like the positive stuff. He's like, yeah, you're you're doing great. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, so that means, I guess that's your challenge update, too. So, you're kind of doing well for everything as far as the uh, challenge. Wait, how many weeks do we have left in the challenge? So, it's about to be week three on Tuesday. Uh, Or three weeks left, sorry. No, three Uh, weeks left. Yeah, so what is that? Like, starting week six on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, Yeah, and then we should both get, like, either a pick or a progress pick or body scan update. Yeah. I mean, the challenge has been obviously rough for me with the injury and everything. Mm -hmm. And then we had some, uh, we had some fallbacks. But I'm actually having what I think is a renewed positive relationship with food right now. It's good. Like, it's, I almost do like, I'm doing like this super intuitive thing where it's just like eat less mm-hmm. and eat healthy stuff. I'm not even counting macros right now. Like, I'm just becoming at home with being hungry a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, kind of doing, we'll talk about this a little bit later, intermittent fasting. I'm not really fasting, but like I wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and I have some coffee and I drive to work. I don't eat breakfast. I usually end up eating my breakfast when I get to work. But I just like allow myself to be hungry for like an hour and a half. Right. Just to like get used to it and feel good. I've been feeling so much cleaner and a little bit more awake. And it's surprisingly my lifts have been improving. It's just it's been kind of like a weird clarity I've been getting from it. Well, that's interesting because that's what we're talking about on our podcast today is nutrition strategies. Food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good segue. Yeah, dude. It's. Well, actually, you know what? Let's roll into our first ever listener question. We mentioned it on the last episode. Uh, what was his name again? So Chris Seller, uh, he's uh, one of my friends that I met when I was reclassing to military intelligence mm-hmm. in Georgia. And uh, we were actually partners in um, like the, I don't want to, I want to say lab partners, kind of like in school, but you know, it's like That's, we sat next to each other. Buddy. We, we were battle buddies. You know, we, we did all the exercises and practical exercises together and stuff like that. And, uh, he messaged me on Instagram and he said that he's working the night shift now with his uh, new job mm-hmm. and you know, he's getting after the gym and you know, because he's a uh, correct or no, he's a police officer in Florida. Yeah. So he has to, uh, you know, of course be physically fit and perform and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was saying since he works nights, like how should he structure his eating and lifting so that, you know, he can deal with this lifestyle change? Well, I'm going to let you take that one because you're obviously the more qualified, but it was funny because we were talking about like how sometimes the easy answer is the obvious one, but this one's a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Well, basically uh, what I would recommend in this situation is like when you wake up, you know, for your shift in the, for in the evening or, you know, like doing your, swing shift, that's when you should start eating. And it's like, it's going to be an adjustment and you shouldn't like get in your head about, oh, I'm not supposed to eat late or, you know, I can't eat right before I go to bed Mm -hmm. because that doesn't apply to you because you don't have a normal schedule. Yep. And another thing that like people run into issues with mentally is like, oh, I worked out late. Should I eat? I shouldn't eat before I go to bed, right? Because it's going to turn to fat and that's wrong. Yep. Because it's like you still put that caloric and metabolic demand on your body and you still need to recover from that workout despite it being late. So you still have to recover and eat. So for him, he basically has to throw out the entire concept that we've all been stuck on because you, your life, you're a vampire now. Right. We're flipping the entire schedule. Like just like you take the cellophane and you bring it up to the top mm-hmm. and it's up there now. And it's you're basically going to wake up at the time you wake up. That's your breakfast time. You're going to have right. lunch at midnight, you're going to have dinner at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and your body is going to hate it. And you might gain a little bit of weight. You might find that you're not like as hungry as you need to be at your meals. And that's why it's the obvious initially. Answer. Yeah, right, exactly. initially. Yeah, initially. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's the, it's an obvious answer, but I can see why I asked the question because it's probably not working right now. Right. I'm sure there's an adjustment period where it's like not going to feel comfortable. You're not going to feel hungry. You're not going to feel like awake to you know, train at that late hour and mm-hmm. do all that stuff. And I mean, I'm sure he's also dealing with like on his days off, he wants to be a normal person and wake up during the daytime. Oh dude, my dad's a cop and it's hard. Yeah. It's super difficult. Your life gets kind of like tossed out and the times that you're awake, no one else is right. the days you have off. No one else has off. It's very stressful. That's why a lot of cops are fat and unhealthy. It's because it's a stressful, difficult job. Right. So I think that 
I give it two weeks if you really like get at it. Right. Just flip that schedule. I think two weeks you probably feel fine. And honestly, dude, follow up with us and let us know how it goes. Mm -hmm. If you find something that works for you, we'll go ahead and give it a shout out and tell people because there's a lot of people that, you know, have alternative schedules. Yes. That it's kind of hard, but you're just basically going to have to retrain your body to appreciate that you are now a vampire. (laughs) Yes. And your digestive system and metabolism will catch up. Like mm-hmm. one thing that I've noticed in this prep that I'm doing now is like, I was like you, I didn't really like breakfast. I would, my first meal wouldn't be till like 10 or 11 AM. Yep. And like, if I'm trying to get six meals in a day, I can't wait that long to eat my first meal. I got to get it in yeah. like seven thirty eight AM. I got to be at least have meal one in. So it took about two weeks of transition before I started being hungry for that meal. But yeah. now it's my body expects it. Well, yeah, it's, it's just completely retraining. You, we all know that like skinny guy from like high school who had to like eat like, you know, five servings of spaghetti, like a five egg omelet in the morning, a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it's hard to mm-hmm. be a skinny guy. I'm, I'm fighting for you skinny guys right now. <laughs> it's hard to gain weight as a skinny person because you have to train your brain to overeat. Same thing with being like heavier. Right. That's why I'm talking about like where I got to get comfortable with being hungry again was I was just having this weird, like, toxic reaction to, like, my tracking my macros and everything. Mm -hmm. I was getting, like, hangry, which I don't believe in the concept of hangry. I think it's just being (laughs) weak-willed. I was being weak-willed. So I had to, like, start realizing, hey, this is a step down the road of relearning how to have that relationship with your meals. Yeah. And how long long have you been uh, doing this? I'm on, oh, it's about, I guess it's two weeks now. And it took me about a week to start feeling better but also i quit dipping randomly during mm-hmm. that too like i literally was just like about to go get another 10 and just like watch myself drive past the gas station hmm. and i was just like i guess i'm quitting <laughs> so it was a little bit weird so it was like a very stressful week i've been like chewing gum like crazy and uh it, but it was it's great because it's like i just feel like really clean feel really there and now it's like okay this is easy now this is my new normal so now right. i can start doing another back to tracking my macros because now I have like, okay, cool. I'm okay with being hungry now. Right. Now let's start getting it so that I'm actually hitting my protein goals appropriately. And maybe I'm getting my everything else on par. Yeah. People try and like go, you know, all of a sudden a hundred percent into it. Like you got to cut yourself some slack and not be too hard on yourself sometimes and just do like one step at a time. That's the best advice you could ever give somebody. It's like, you don't just go and run a marathon. Right. It's the same thing with food. People just like, you know, especially like really overweight people, mm-hmm. they wake up and suddenly they're like, okay, I'm no longer eating any carbs. Yeah, that's a huge If you shock. fucking pull that off, <laughs> hell yeah, you're awesome. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you I wasn't surprised. Yeah. It's just, it's a step by step process. It really is. Which kind of rolls us into, I, I like that actually. That's a good roll into the, we're talking about types of eating strategies. And this one is something that I feel like we're going to run over on time a little bit because I like That's talking okay. about this. So we have a few types of eating strategies and we're going to get into all of them. I'm just going to read the ones that we have listed right now and we're going to go over all of them. And these can, these aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Some people do a combination of both, of a couple or they have like one or two that they're doing or they go through different cyclings of each. So we have like, so we have the keto, we have intermittent fasting, we have carb cycling, we have the carnivore diet, vegan, mm-hmm. and the ever loved, if it fits your macros. The bro diet. The bro <laughs> diet, which we're saving that one for last. Yes. Because I, I like I like talking about that one, but it's almost like I think that there's some things people don't there's realize. There's so about much it. gray area with exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll save that one for the end. Cool. So we're gonna go and talk about let's start with let's start with keto because that's the one we're talking about where it's like everyone who works in an office knows at least one person oh, right. who is probably like in their mid forties, they're really set in their ways, and they're pretty overweight and they're really tired, and their doctor tells them, Hey, you gotta make some changes. And what do they do? They go keto. Right, because the doctor's like, you got to cut out all the, the bad carbs. And then, so people take it to the extreme. All carbs. Yeah, and then they cut out, like, uh, all the carbs, and the, people replace those carb calories with fat calories. Now, wanna, let's back up. Yeah, actually. you want to give a quick uh, explanation of what keto is, which it stands yes. for. It's short for ketosis. Can you give a little bit of an explanation on ketosis? Yes. So basically keto is, or ketosis is a state when where your body is using fat for energy uh, primarily. So you achieve that clinically by restricting your uh, protein and carb intake and 70% of your calories are coming from fat, which 
is pretty radical of a Wait, change. Is it 70%? 70% coming from fat. I thought it could be that's traditional keto. Now, oh. I feel like that has gone away from the mainstream. It seems like everybody does you set your protein to like say like I have uh, 190. Right. And then you have your fats mm-hmm. and then you you nix your carbs and all of those calories go the rest goes to fat right that's that's the called modified keto which okay. is what a lot of athletes do that's what i thought regularly yeah. i didn't know that, man that 70 percent fat that's nuts from a clinical standpoint that's what they do and that's like the only people who really should be doing that are people with like you know insulin disorders mm-hmm. or who have like certain t- types of cancer or like autoimmune okay. issues yeah, where cancer feeds on carbs right yeah, so it's like they, they have to do that. And the problem with those people is they can't eat higher protein because your body will turn the protein over to carbs uh, as energy uh, when you eat it over that's 30% mark. It'd it be the ones closest to you that betray you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I honestly think that traditional keto is not good for an athlete because your protein intake is not as high as it could be. And also... Uh, I don't think you need to, unless you have a medical issue, I don't think you need to exclude an entire micro or macronutrient. Yeah. And uh, so when people do keto, the reason I think so many people do it is because it is one of the most tangible results. It's the one of the diets that has the most tangible results. Quickly too. Because a couple of things happen when you go keto. The first thing that happens is you're going to get the keto flu, mm-hmm. which you just feel like hot garbage because your body is asking you, where the hell is my gas? Yeah. So you're basically running on fumes and your body is going to slowly start making that transition. And how a lot of people feel is if it hurts, that means it's working. That's hmm. like how like working out is. That's how like suffering means I'm working. Yeah, exactly. People want to feel like it's like if you can feel it, it's working. It's like, oh, yeah, that drink's really strong. That means I'm going to like it's a good drink. Right. It's uh, that's how like that's just how humans think. And so you get through that keto flu. Then you're immediately going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. you are going to just, it's going to be like a freaking snapshot. And depending on how big you are, the first time I did keto was before I joined the army and I was really overweight. I did keto for a couple months, probably less. I don't know. Yeah. But more of the story is once I kind of cleared through my, like my absolute garbage phase, I dropped 10 pounds, like fucking nothing. Yeah. And they were right good. The bat, and it right? was, it, I lost good weight. It was all fat. You're looking great. You're feeling like, well, wow, that's actually good. You're not losing like muscle weight at all. Because it's just, it's, that's what your body's now, okay, I guess we're eating fat now. Mm-hmm. The problem with keto, not only is it overly restrictive and hard, is the second you start eating carbs again, it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's you, over. rebound, sometimes worse than when they started. Yeah, you can, and that's why you'll notice that a lot of your coworkers who are on keto are still big it's because while you don't see them eating any carbs at lunch because they bring their keto lunches in when they get home if they have slip-ups boom you're out of ketosis yeah your body does not want to be in ketosis that is a survival strategy Mm -hmm. so the second you tell it oh hey there's carbs your body's smarter than you it's like there's a carb source they're pretending there isn't but there's a carb source here so we are not going to hold on to this ketosis state oh yeah but then you have those people who are actually purists who are actually real keto guys. And I don't know about the long-term ramifications. You might be able to tell more about that, but they look great. Mm-hmm. They look lean as hell. Well, the thing is it takes three months to get keto adapted. You know, it's like most Americans have been eating carbs their entire life. And then they're all of a sudden going to change the substrate in which their body gets fuel from. Yeah. And like, it takes a long time to fully transition into being fat adapted. And like, this is, I'm talking traditional keto yeah. here. So a lot of people who do keto aren't even in keto. It's like, they think they are, they think they are, but you have to hit like that. Three just because the flu is passed doesn't mean that you're <laughs> fully in it. Right. And I mean, I have a client who Nathan Heaney shout out, who's making awesome progress and he's doing a modified keto diet. Like he's doing keto, but higher protein. I like the concept of a modified keto. And I think that it can be even better than just doing the protein. Mm-hmm. I think that what you can do is just go low carb. Right. So you still eat some carbs. You either have them in the morning so that you can start your day not acting like a piece of shit, <laughs> or you can have them before your workout. And you can keep your carbs at like what, like 100 grams, something like that? It depends on like how big you are, but usually it's between like 80, it's either 80 or 40 usually. Like Yeah. 
Yeah. So just something nice and low, just something that you can plug in like twice in your day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go into ketosis, but you will lose weight. Right. And it's honestly, it allows you a little bit more flexibility because in, in keto, like you can't eat certain vegetables. That's true. And I don't even count my vegetables when I'm doing macros. Stuff. It's green. It's just, it's fine. That's fair. That's fair game. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, something about fiber and carbs and yeah it's just so low impact unless yeah. you're like eating four cups of green beans it's like you're yeah you're not really throwing a ton in there so i don't want to like completely shit on keto because some people are doing modified keto without knowing it and i don't mm-hmm. want to stop those people from it if it's working for them especially really large people if you can do a modified keto that is a really good way to drop weight fast and then you can kind of like reevaluate as you're moving and then right. you can kind of get back to a more normal diet because really the way you got big was because you were overeating. So if you can lose all that weight and then just not go back to overeating and eating like garbage and eating cleaner, you're going to be better off for it. Right. And back me up with this if I'm right. And like when you cut out the carbs like that and you're eating more of like proteins and fats and like veggies and stuff like that, a lot of the cravings go away because you don't have insulin spikes. Yep. Is that how you felt? Yeah, so it's, uh, we'll talk about the carnivore diet here in a minute. It was funny because we were listening to Joe Rogan. I think we Mm -hmm. both listened to this one where he was talking about how uh, he no longer has the insulin spikes because he's doing pure pure protein. Right. And yeah, that's exactly, that's when I talk about like the clarity. It's like, I don't get that post meal like, oh, like I'm so full. Mm -hmm. Like I don't don't feel good. I'm tired. And then I get like kind of jolts throughout the day. It's you basically, your body kind of, what did I do this weekend? I went to my my girlfriend wanted to go to a Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm, I'm going to eat smart. I totally didn't. <laughs> and, uh, I felt like garbage afterwards. Yeah. I felt awful because it was, you know, I had like a, it was like a Carmelo Carmelo and it had like the two tortillas mm-hmm. and then I had a, a torta, which is just like a Mexican sandwich. It was kind of, it was a really high carb meal for me. Right. And God, I felt awful afterwards. Yeah, and I bet you got hungry again and, like, had oh, cravings. Yeah, was, oh, and, yeah, I was, yeah, I was hungry the whole day. Yeah. So it's, yeah, if you you know, train your body that that's just not something that it needs, it'll figure it out. Yeah, and that's part of the mechanism and why people are able to lose weight on it is because once you, you know, get used to not having your insulin spiked from carbs because you're eating, you know, more uh, keto type or, like, low carb, then you don't have cravings for, like, those sugary foods, which... I don't know about you, but when I, if I mess up and I say I have pancakes with syrup first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. right? I'm craving sugar the rest of the day after yep. that because you're, my insulin spike and I'm just like, need more sugar. Your body is a crack addict for yeah. carbs and sugar activates the same part of the brain that cocaine does. You are actually addicted to sugar. If you think you're a chocoholic, you are. <laughs> it's real. It's super it real. Is. And people like the reason that people like you, there's people who are freaks about, like I, I knew when my mother was on uh, Weight Watchers mm-hmm. doing stuff like that, she had people that she was with that were in like her little crew that would literally like call her sobbing because they're like, I couldn't stop myself. I ate all of these Twizzlers. I don't even like Twizzlers. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's because you're, you're an addict. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's nuts. Well, let's move on to the next one. We're, right. we're dwelling. We could talk about keto all day. I know, right? <laughs> this, is, I, I, this is like, like I said, this is a topic I like to talk about. The next one is intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. which I want to know what you feel about this because I think intermittent fasting, and you had actually an Instagram post about this. This is why everyone should follow Wes because he actually had a really good thought on this. Thank you. And uh, at the end of the day, intermittent fasting is you're saying, I am going to eat in this window. Right. It's what, eight eight hours, 16? Am I doing math right? Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different structures. That's like like one of them. It's like you you eat for eight hours, and then you're not allowed to eat for 16. Mm -hmm. And then some people do 12 and 12. Some people shrink it down even more. Even four hours of eating. And then there's a a really deep one that's called like the warrior diet, which Mm -hmm. is like literally one huge meal a day. And then some people take it to like multiple day fasts, and yeah. then yeah, Which you can is go not crazy a long-term with term solution, but yeah. Well, so I want to know how do you how you feel about intermittent fasting? I think that for someone who's just trying to live a healthy lifestyle, maybe like keep from gaining weight or lose a little little bit of weight, I think it's awesome because like there's other health benefits from it. From as far as like you know what you're saying, mental clarity. Apparently, it helps like kill off like dead or unused cells in your body, and helps like do all this immune system benefits. From what I hear. I don't know how true all that is, but, uh, that's, that's what I always say. It's like, there's all these fringe benefits that like have been done in random studies. And it's like, if they're all true, great. Yeah. But in the biggest way, 
I think it usually works for people. It can. And I think it like for the lifestyle person, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's good for an athlete. Just because Okay. Like if you're working out multiple times a day, cardio and resistance training. You just eat when you need to eat. You need to feel your body more frequently, especially if you're trying to work on your like maintaining high levels of muscle mass. Okay. Because like a lot of you, one thing I'm noticing with this contest prep this time around is I'm really trying to stick to my six meals a day. And I've noticed that after the first two weeks of uncomfortableness, which isn't even a word, uncomfortable, <laughs> uh, being uncomfortable, discomfort <laughs> of discomfort. Uh, yeah. After the initial like couple weeks, um, I became used to those meals and shit, I'm making progress. I'm recomping at my weight. I'm getting stronger and I'm able to hit my macro goals. So this is actually answers. This is pretty much what you said on your Instagram video. Yeah. And I'm going to remind you in what you said, because it was, you were saying that what this represents is not some big thing about your metabolism or eating away at dead cells. It is a way to deny yourself the ability to eat too much. Right. And it was a way to like monitor your intake. So yes. what you're basically, so what you're saying is for like athletes, intermittent fasting is not a great deal. Well, that's, I actually think that's a great thing to add in because if you're an athlete or you're a competitor, you already know what you're supposed to be doing. Right. If you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, intermittent fasting is great because it says between these hours I'm allowed to eat, this is my feeding window. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, you need to close your damn mouth and stop eating. It's a structure that you can use. Exactly. Because a lot of people snack outside. Right. Like they, if you're only allowed to eat from... I don't know, 10 to 6, where does snacking happen? Happens after dinner, mm-hmm. or if you even eat dinner. It's So it's basically it's saying, I am not going to eat, I'm only going to have real meals. It's right. hard, it, you don't even have, you can't have these like, oh, I'm going to eat ice cream and chips and all this stuff, because if you follow your, you know, your program, you get home, you have an hour to eat, because you got right. off work at 5, mm-hmm. you need to get this meal in, and then boom, that's the door has shut. You are not going to be able to snack anymore. You don't have time to mess up because it's like your framework inhibits you from, you know, straying outside the mm-hmm. boundaries. And of course you can still, if you're really committed to being a shithead, <laughs> you can jam all that bad food inside inner fasting. That's the problem too. It's like, you can't just, it's not a solve all. Right. And that's why I think a lot of people look at those fringe members. Like, oh, it's, well, it's good for your metabolism. It uh, dissolves dead cells and it creates a, a mental neurological path. No, dude, it's just eat less. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about eating less. And if you eat like, if you eat 4,000 calories in those eight hours, you're still going to gain weight. True. And you're going to feel like shit. That's like one thing that I think is a mechanism behind it is like, if you really stick to the framework of your eating window, if you choose bad foods in that frame window, you're going to feel horrible the next day, mm-hmm. especially if you got to work out. And also if you choose foods that aren't bulky and don't fill you up, yeah, damn, you're hungry the next day. Yeah. And if you're not allowed to eat until 10... And you only ate like a bunch of high carb fried bullshit the night before, you're gonna be punished for it the next mm-hmm. day because man, you are not if you're actually following your framework, you're gonna be really hungry and you're gonna wish you had just eaten something green. Right. Because it would still have stuck to you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, can we, can you talk about carb cycling a little bit? Because I know what carb cycling is, but I have never really successfully done it. So there's like a million ways to do it. And usually how it's broken up is a high carb day and a low carb day. And like the low carb day is pretty similar to like a modified keto, but with less fat, you know, you're, you're getting your basic amount, minimum amount of fat necessary to be healthy and not like ruin your hormones and skin and stuff like that. And you're restricting the fuel source on specific days and then feeding and fueling your workouts on other days. So how I like to recommend people start out with something like that is like, say you work out four days a week mm-hmm. in the gym. You know, you're doing resistance training four days a week. Those four days, you should fuel your workouts with carbs so that you can perform at, high, at a high level. And then on those days you're not in the gym, you don't need that extra fuel. You don't need that extra calories because you're not burning like that. So restrict your carbs on those days and use your own body fat for energy. Okay. That's how it's, that's this, in the simplest way how how it works. Okay, are you carb cycling now? Not yet. And I will be as I get closer to the show. Right now, I'm just doing static macros at six meals a day. Okay. So, I like carb cycling as a concept because mm-hmm. I almost feel like it's one, of, it's one of those newer things that has come out. 
it was like the the guys who were winning all of the shows and stuff. That was like their dirty little secret besides steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> besides their actual dirty little secret. <laughs> but, uh, no. but yeah, but like a lot of them was just like people were like, damn, this guy's doing really good at getting like super, super trim. While and holding on to muscle. Exactly. And it was like carb cycling. And yeah. suddenly everyone knows, but they're like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Like this is real. Right. And it was like, it, it's so weird because it's almost like hacking bodies. Like you're hacking your body into learning your how physiology. to do Yeah, like it's just like you're like, ha we found the code line. There's a loophole in the body that if you cycle your carbs, and it's it's hard to do and hard to do right. And I this is not for beginners. I don't think it's for like the lifestyle client or yeah. the lifestyle person. I think it's more for like carb cycling is more beneficial for athletes because they have to fuel their workouts and perform at a high level when they're working out. While you're shredded down. Yeah. And they also want to control body composition and lose fat, so they need to create a deficit. So that's a way you can do mm-hmm. both. Yeah, I wouldn't carb cycle at all if you aren't up there. I mean, I guess if you wanted to play around with it because you're bored, it's not going to hurt you, mm-hmm. and you might get some fringe benefits from it, and it just, I don't know, it might just be something fun for you. If you're not doing resistance training or performance sports, there's no reason to. Yeah, if you're sitting in an office all day, it's like you're cycling on doing nothing. Might as well just eat less. I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that one's actually ended up being simpler. Maybe I'm just stupid. I should have looked into that one more. <laughs> well, you can make it super complicated. Like, Okay, maybe that's what it is. I think I watched like one YouTube video and I was like, all right, well, that was 18 minutes in. I'm done. <laughs> They'll be like, you have to eat this much carbs before your workout and this much after, but not at this time. And then you have to restrict carbs for meal five and six. And then on your low carb days, you can only eat carbs right before your workout. You know, so it yeah, like, the whole thing. It, it gets kind of like dicey the more like low days and the more uh, carb manipulation that you want to throw in. Yeah, the uh, super crazy people got into, they're like super analytical and they, it's like money ball, but for like lifting, <laughs> like these are the statistics and we start like saying all of these things right. and it's like, okay, that's like a really good idea, but also I'm just trying to like look good. Right. I'm not trying to win the Olympia right now. One example of that is a uh, Renaissance uh, periodization uh diet which is popular in the crossfit community and that's where they like is this like a wait is this like a business or a program it's like a it's a carb cycling program oh, okay i've never heard of this do. before okay it's like where they structure their carb intake around their wads and their workouts and stuff like that mm-hmm. to the point where it's like you can only it's almost like they're intermittent fasting their carbs <laughs> interesting yeah that's like an easy way to describe it i'm i'm surprised that CrossFit, maybe that's a completely separate conversation. I felt like they're so performance-based that you wouldn't want to cycle like that. Well, that's like the the way around it, you know, is because they are providing the carbs mm-hmm. around their workout so that they can perform, but they're also restricting it. They're back. like cycling it so it's almost like a booster. It's like when you talk to someone who's like, you know, just trying to lean bulk. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Okay. You know, it's like they're lean bulking or they're like, you know... I guess so. They're, yeah, they're trying to lean. That's bulk. not real. It's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's dirty bulks only. Lean bulks. Uh, you shouldn't get into it, but lean bulks are a slow uh, way to get there. Yeah, I mean it's real, and I've seen like YouTubers do it and stuff. It's hard. Yeah, but it's it's it is real and it's doable. But you know, it's things that I can't do, I, pre- I pretend to pretend aren't real. Mm. No, I could probably do it. I just probably don't want. To. <laughs> so what's I want to hit on these two briefly. Because I think these are like conversations on their own. We might do like a split episode where we talk about both in entirety. Yes. Carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what you think of it just from a high level. Just to be completely clear what a carnivore diet is, it's exactly what you think it is. You only eat animal products. You do not eat vegetables. Yeah. You can, uh, some carnivores say you shouldn't even drink milk or eat cheese or eggs. You should just eat meat. But the majority of carnivores will say like if it's an animal product, it's good. Yeah. So what is your opinion on it? So I've heard a couple different things on it. And like, obviously we saw Joe Rogan's post where he did the carnivore diet yeah, for like a like month. Shit and water, but then eventually got over that. Got over that. And then he said he felt good. It cleared up like some of his autoimmune, autoimmune skin stuff. And like he said, mm-hmm. he felt mentally clear and physically good. Lost a bunch there. of weight. Yeah. And shit, I've seen some abs on him and stuff mm-hmm. in that post. Uh, but from what I hear, it's like you're, you're eating meat as it says but you also have to eat like organ meats to supplement vitamins and stuff right because like when a a lion or like a wolf kill an animal 
the first thing that They're they eat the bones, is the organs. The organs, everything. Right. right, because that has all like the minerals, the yeah. B vitamins, the fatty acids, and all the stuff that you should be getting, you know, to run your body. But this is how crazy it gets. There's a guy I was reading about, and he says you shouldn't even be eating organ meat by the end. It's like he has like this 60-day process. Yeah. I think it's 60 days. But they start with like you're able to eat all animal products and organ meat, and then by the end you should like only be eating grass-fed like beef. And I'm sitting there, I was like, you were... This is not real. Like this is this is culty. This is uh, this is extreme, right. and those are the ones I don't support. But yeah, I feel like it's very easy to like go overboard with something like the carnivore diet or even like the vegan diet. When we talk about that, it's like when you take it into like a uh, when it becomes like a identity issue or you know something that you it's part of your uh, like personality. Then it's like yeah. too much. It's just too much. Well, so if so, if one of your friends. Actually, let's say, let's say I came up to you and said, I'm doing the carnivore diet. What would you say? Uh, I would be like, I would want to track your progress. I would, I would love it if I knew someone who was doing the carnivore diet so I can like see how it goes. For I them. would do it if I had a reliable source like grass fed that yeah. wasn't so expensive. Like if I was like a hunter or something, mm-hmm. I would do it. But like with, I don't know, with how shitty like, you know, corn fed beef is and stuff. <laughs> right. It's like, I just, I would, I'm not, I wouldn't do it. Grass fed beef is expensive. Bro. It is expensive, but so good. Yeah. I mean, you can get it cheaper if you go, like, down to the smaller towns. So you're closer to the uh, the actual ranchers. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's expensive, man. It's it's a hard, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard of someone doing carnivore and they're not already of, like, inc- incredibly well means. Yeah. Right. So, well, okay, vegans or vegetarians or, so, actually, plant-based. it's funny. There's the, ve- there's the vegetarians, which I feel yeah. like we've all accepted finally. Mm-hmm. And then there's the vegans who have become, like, you know, vegan. <laughs> They have everyone heard like the vegan cat, you know, bit, and it's a lot of people look at vegan as like a bad word, right? Because some people take it too far, and there's like vegan, as Dr. Lane Norton likes to say, zealots. You know, there's yeah, a lot of zealots and all types. There's keto zealots, there's carnivore zealots, and there's vegan zealots, and it's probably carb cycling zealots too. Yeah. They go, well, I mean, like, what's your, actually, one second, keep talking. What's your opinion? Because you have a book here. Oh, it's right over there. One second. Um, It's called Thug Kitchen, Eat Like You Give a Fuck. And it's about, like, uh, all these uh, plant-based and vegan recipes. Does it say vegan or vegetarian? It says Thug Kitchen. It says Thug Kitchen, Eat Like You Give a Fuck, the official cookbook. It doesn't even say that it's a vegan one. This is smart. They didn't even say, like, vegan or vegetarian on the front. Yeah. So my dad got it to me, got gave it to me for uh, oh, Christmas. Uh, I don't think anywhere on it it says that it's vegetarian. This is smart advertising because they're allowing people to buy it without even knowing that it's vegetarian. Right. But yeah, it's, I don't think it's vegan, but it's completely plant-based. And it just has like, you know, pr- pretty tasty looking recipes on there that I have not this tried. This is such a, <laughs> these, the back of this is so silly. We know you want to give a damn about what you eat, but it all just seems too difficult or expensive. Well, we're not buying that. You shouldn't either. We're not going to lecture you or complicate shit. We're just here to help you eat your fucking vegetables. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that's you know what, three of these. You know what I see when I look at this? I'm like, ooh, that's a good side dish to eat with my steak. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, it's so... Uh, I actually support vegetarians. A lot. I think yeah. that you can be a healthy vegetarian super easily, especially since you're inc- if you're including like eggs mm-hmm. and you know cheese and stuff. I think it's really. I could see myself if I was willing to deal with it. I could be a vegetarian. Yeah. I don't think it's a completely undoable thing. I Shit. couldn't be a vegan. I'm gonna say it right now. I don't. Yeah. I couldn't be a vegan. Yeah, I don't think I could either. Like, where do you get your like B12? I mean, they have to supplement it, but a lot of apparently we got to supplement stuff anyways. Because, uh, like, a lot of the single crop farming and, like, pesticides and fungicides and all yeah. that stuff kill off all those micronutrients anyway, so. I mean, yeah, I don't want to sit here and fight with vegans because they are alive and a lot of them are healthy. It's just, man. I, I Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's, if you're a good vegan, if you, like, do it right, yeah, I don't have I'm a good. problem with it. Right. But a lot of people just aren't good at being vegans. Just like a lot of people aren't good at keto. <laughs> right? Some people are just fucking bad at eating. Yeah. <laughs> right? If there's assholes everywhere. I think when it becomes more of like uh, a political or like uh, belief, then it's it, you can be taken too far easily. Yeah, if you hand me a pamphlet with like a 
baby cow getting stabbed in the face. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not giving a vegan because of that. That's, you, you have not converted me. No, I mean, I will agree. Like the, there's benefits to the plant-based diet and I, I most likely after I'm done with this aesthetic sports training, eat more plant-based than I do now. I'd like to start integrating like one vegetarian day into my week. I think that would actually be interesting. Yeah. Potentially beneficial. Maybe like have one good poop a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, let's move on to the illustrious I I F Y M pop tarts, pop tarts. If it fits your macros again, I'm going to give the, just the super high level of this. If it fits your macros, says you do uh, what is it? Saint Pierre, John Saint. What's a one of them? John George Saint Pierre. No, the, the the it's a way to it's a uh, equation to figure out your metabolic rate. Oh, I forgot. Uh, Saint George. Basically, you find your basal metabolic rate. Which you can Google it. <laughs> yeah, there's a million calculators out there, or just download My Fitness Pal. Damn it! Now I'm gonna need to Google. It's gonna bother me. Yeah, and you'll figure out like how many calories you need. Then. There's like a base protein amount, depending on what your lifestyle is, if you work out and do resistance training. And then from there, you decide if you want to go low fat, moderate fat, high carb, low carb, whatever. And then you stick to those numbers and you can fit whatever foods you want to hit those specific amounts of protein, carbs, and fat. Yeah. And the idea is that you can eat whatever you want as long as it fits into those. And that's where the gray area comes in. Yes, because just like in intermittent fasting, when you have four hours to eat, you know, whatever foods that you want, you can definitely screw yourself over if you decide to have ice cream and whey protein as your only food source. That kind of sounds good. Like you may hit your macros (laughs) and you may make a little bit of progress in the gym, but you will not be healthy on the inside and you will not perform as well as you could. That's, yeah, and that's where I think a lot of people get really jacked up on things it's just like they they're like well it's in my macros or i think it's uh the the youtube fitspos are big mm-hmm. on if it fits your macros because that's how they're able to have their like day of eating videos and mm-hmm. that's why they're able to eat like chick-fil-a every day and stuff but it's it's really good for i think younger people yeah i think like if you're college age if it fits your macros like i don't think you can do anything really wrong but as you're getting older like you're really gonna need to start looking at your or if performance is your number one goal, then right. it's definitely Just not ideal. Put it in your body. Let me tell you guys a story. <gasps> this is how this is how if it fits your macro started, and it's been taken to a whole nother level and is a whole different animal at this point. But back in the day, bodybuilders used to be like chicken and broccoli, you know, steak and potatoes, and that's it. And you got to stick to your macro. You got to stick to your your bro foods. It's called the bro diet. You know you're eating your asparagus and tuna whatever it is and then people would ask questions they're like hey uh instead of brown rice can i eat white rice or instead of a sweet potato can i have a yam or can i have a red potato and then what did their coach say hey if it fits your macros but they're talking about the clean foods yeah. for clean foods, not like, so not can like, I switch rice for Pop-Tarts? That's true. That's what. That's where it started. Okay. That makes more sense. Also, I did find it. I know we're past this, but it's Mifflin-St. Jor equation. To that, calculate your yeah, that's caloric a good, that's, balance. That's the one I use uh-huh. for tracking my basement metabolic, but... Yeah, it's and also the problem with that is a lot of times, like, it's harder to predict your basement metabolic than you think it is. Some people, mm-hmm. like, mine is surprisingly low. Like, like, what's your basal meta- metabolic? It's like 1,800, somewhere around there. Oh, damn, yours is low, too. Okay. Well, we're a similar weight. Yeah, I just know a lot of guys who's like, there's like freaking 250 to like almost 3,000. Yeah, well, they're bigger. Yeah, I know, right? We're small boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mine's, yeah, mine's like 1,800, yeah. And it's like, it's such a bummer. But if you if I do the uh, equation, mm-hmm. it usually comes out to uh, 2,100. And I'm just like, that's not right. I had to, like, you do it for a couple weeks to make sure, because what you're supposed to do, you get your basal metabolic, and a lot of people don't do this either, is you get your basal metabolic, you eat like that for about two to three weeks, and you weigh yourself. And if you go up a little bit in weight, you need to correct and lower a little bit. If you go mm-hmm. down weight, you need to up it a little bit. And then once you find that, then you can start subtracting or adding to do whatever you want to do. But oh, no one does that. Right. It's they just, just eat that, weeks. and they stick with it. Yeah, they just say, like, okay, this is what it says. All right, minus... 200 calories a day all right we're gonna lose weight mm-hmm. or they're my fitness pal like your goal is to lose two pounds a week right and it's 
their idea of what it is for me to lose two pounds a week is like actually my basal. Right. Yeah. So that's like your maintenance is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the 2100. The tw- no, the eighteen hundred is my your maintenance. maintenance. Yeah. Okay. And then for me to lose weight, shit, dude, I gotta start. I either I, I found I'm pretty carb sensitive, mm-hmm. so it's like if I go low carb, no matter what, I'm always gonna lose a little bit of weight. But for me to like gain weight, it's just it takes nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll definitely need to get into that on a different episode on like body composition, insulin sensitivity, and like you know building a metabolism because you can manipulate it. Mm-hmm. They're more than I realized because I'm, bro, I'm eating 2,700 calories a day and, and losing fat. That's, that's impressive. But that's because I'm also doing a lot of training on top of it. Yes. That's like, for me, I'm like King dirty bulk because like my body will, if I'm working out, my body will turn that stuff into muscle. Mm-hmm. I will also get fat, but, yeah. and then it's hard for me to lose that fat. But it's like, we were, even when we did the startup, like I, what, I had like 20 pounds more muscle in you or something like that yeah that wasn't because i work harder that's just because my body converts it very easily mm-hmm. i would argue that i work way less hard than you <laughs> but it's like it's just my certain body types are going to process things differently that's that's a whole other episode but yeah well let's move on from that we have actually run pretty deep into our time um so eating when you work out later early so mm-hmm. i love this one because there was this the best example for the fact that nutrition changes over time and that we all think we're super correct, but it's actually just bro science is the, what was it called? The metabolic window after yeah. working out. Oh yeah. The 30 minute, 30 minute anabolic meta- window. Anabolic. There we yeah. go. And uh, everyone was like, if you don't drink your protein shake within 30 minutes of your workout, <laughs> congratulations, idiot. You yeah. just threw away your entire workout. You just lost muscle and shouldn't have even gone to the like, gym. There were people, I remember I would see these meatheads at the gym when I was younger and they would be like spiking their bag in the ground. Like son of a bitch. Like what? Like I forgot my, protein ah. yeah like oh, whatever i'm just gonna go get some from the smoothie like okay why'd you freak out you could just got it from the smoothie shack right. in the gym. but <laughs> they're mixing their shake on the way to like the locker room to change yeah because <laughs> you know? they have to hit that way and, and then suddenly like a couple years goes by and then very quietly the entire supplement industry was like yeah hey we were wrong about that they're just trying to sell protein you know <laughs> yeah it's like when they say wash your hair rinse and repeat they're trying to sell more shampoo right <laughs> <laughs> yep I mean, it's definitely not as critical as people thought. This is where it's critical. This is where I'd say the anabolic window is important. Mm -hmm. Say you do resistance training first thing in the morning, and then you haven't eaten anything before training. You need to You're fasted. You're fasted. You just broke down muscle. Now you need to eat. Your body will eat that broken up muscle. Yes. So it's like that at that point, yes, you have a critical anabolic window. Mm -hmm. But if you ate a meal or two before you went to the gym, and like it hasn't been like six hours before your last meal. It's like you're fine. You're fine. Just go home and eat a meal within the next hour or two. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, I think that that's one of the things where if it fits your macros, did get it right. It's just like you have these twenty four hours. You're going to be sleeping for a large part of it. Mm-hmm. While you're awake, eat your food. Right. I mean, there is a argument you made like don't eat all of it at once. Like getting all your protein in at the exact same time is going to be counter counterproductive. Yeah. Spread it out kind of as, as you can. But as long as you're getting it in, you're probably fine. Yes. Um, oh, here's another thing This fits in this when like, judging your workout schedule and eating meals. It, another thing that has been proven in uh, some protein studies is your body can activate protein synthesis, which is the mechanism that builds and repairs muscle five times every day. Right. So if you're eating five separate meals with a full serving of protein each meal, that's five times you have a chance to make gains. So that's one argument for the athlete eating more frequently than like just that small eating window. Yeah. Now you can still make progress. You can still build muscle. You can still lose fat with your eating window. But if you're trying to optimize and be the best athlete that you can and be like the biggest bodybuilder or most shredded bra on the beach, then eating at least five windows a day is going to maximize that. So that kind of brings the multiple meal versus fasting. So athletes, multiple meals spread out appropriately is the most Mm -hmm. efficient way to do it for all the rest of us who are just trying to like be fit and healthy, have a nice lifestyle, eat less and eat within a window. If you don't have that self-control and you're going to find that you are going to become healthier just as a general rule. Yes. 
And we're going to start just going around. We had a lot we want to talk about today. And I like to try and keep these at about an hour because, mm-hmm. you know, statistically speaking, people prefer... They um, drop off after the hour mark, <laughs> right? It's a, uh, it's, it's hard. It's a long time to stay on a, on a podcast, and it's, uh, we're not, we're yeah, not, with, we're with not the TikTok, that important. You know, five, 30 second videos. Yeah, exactly. Attention spans you know, if, we're, if we're having an interview, like I'm gonna let yeah. that run as long as it needs to, but especially with just like, you know, right, let's keep it an hour. We have, we're gonna talk about these things, like you know, we wanted to start getting into like deficits and you know your food choices for macros. And, you know, how much protein to, protein do you really need? Stuff like that. That's the things we're going to be getting into. And we're probably, we'll, we'll probably get these ones up in like a podcast, podcast or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one will probably, you know, we're going to try and make a, another fitness one or maybe we'll try and, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. But it'll be soon. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think that the thing to take away from this with the nutrition and lifestyle and ways of eating is everything that we named today isn't stupid. It isn't a bad or good idea. It's what's going to work for you. Yeah. What can you stick to and enjoy? Yes. What can you stick to is the best way to look at all of these. If keto works for you and I've seen it work for people, Mm -hmm. do it. If intermittent fasting works for you, I kind of do it, do it. Right. Carb cycling, if you want to, and you're not preparing for a show or anything, it's kind of pointless, but you know, whatever. I don't care. Carnivore and vegan, you be careful with them and educate yourself properly. Do it smart. There's so, so much propaganda out there. Yeah. And you got to understand that a lot of these people are pushing an agenda and they want you to buy their book or they want you to subscribe to their thing. And it's just like, you have to be careful. And at the end of the day, if it fits your macros, it's problematic in its own ways. Mm-hmm. If you're eating whey protein and ice cream only, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> but if, if you do it right and you're smart, yeah, like, you know what fucking good food is. Yeah. You know, I know, you know, I'm, calling you out right now (laughs) if you eat smart and do if it fits your macros that's at the end of the day that is one of the easiest ones to do it's tried and true it works for pretty much everybody Mm -hmm. and it's if you're having trouble with it feel free to message us yeah this is one of the few resources where we have a you know an audience that is small enough that we can interact with you guys as individuals. can answer all your questions yeah if you have a question ask it if you want some help ask it we're it's a free service at this point Mm -hmm. and and honestly, since you stayed this late in the podcast, I think you've earned it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think that it's all about, you know, just being smart and not trying to force yourself to do crazy stuff. Right. I completely agree. It's like, you have to realize just like what you said at the beginning of the podcast, this is not, there's no shortcuts here. You know, this is mm-hmm. like fitness is a lifestyle. And if you don't treat it like that, then you're going to end up dying an early death of yep. being unhealthy, overweight, and have heart disease. So it's like, if you don't treat this as, you know, a marathon that you're going to have to do your whole life and, you know, eat, you know, at least with some control and some, like, foresight, then you're going to ultimately fail. What a hard thing to accept. Can you, can, can you, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It's like, you kind of, like, start eating healthy and you start losing weight and you're kind of thinking to yourself, it's like, Yeah. I don't get to eat whatever I want. Every time. And sometimes you can, yeah, but not every time. You get to sometimes, but it's like, yeah, you just, you suddenly have to be conscientious of it. It's, it's kind of a hard thing to like accept sometimes. It is. You just, you're like, man, it, nothing, fe- nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. I've tasted some good ass food. <laughs> <laughs> have you had donuts and pizza? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like in, and it's hard sometimes because your friends can be a part of the problem and they'll say like, oh, hey, we're going to get pizza. And like, you're going to have to be the guy who's like, I'll go with, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to have any. That's sometimes to be awkward. Or if you can try and make a jam, they get like wings there instead of pizza. There's, there's ways, right? It's a, uh, it, it can be done, but it's, it takes practice and it takes being people being supportive. So you tell your friends like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Please just hold me accountable. Right. Don't, don't be the reason I fail at this. Yeah. Don't instigate it. Oh, I have one more thing to add on this for sure is, uh, I thought this is a pretty powerful quote that I read. Um, and it was, unsustainable diets are useful if you understand that they're unsustainable. And what that means is like, if you are going to do like a a hardcore or restrictive diet, know that that's not going to be the long-term solution. And Mm -hmm. you're just doing it for a means to an end. And from that point, you're going to have to do something else. That is super smart. That is actually a very good way to wrap up this because it just says, if you realize what you're doing is going to work, 
but you can't do it forever. It's like the carnivore diet. It's like the fasts. It's like like serious keto. Mm-hmm. Just or even carb cycling. Or even know? carb cycling. It's like it doesn't have to be forever. Right. It can just be a way to recalibrate, or like if your health is really at risk, or you have a beach vacation you're getting ready for. You know, right. it's like <laughs> yeah, right. It's like if you're planning on having your shirt off for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Just freaking like I'm not. I'm not your dad. I'm not gonna sit here and say that you can and can't do certain things. And um, I think Wes and I have both done things that are wouldn't be considered like the healthiest or sustainable or sustainable. <laughs> yeah. To, to do a quick cut, but you know, it's uh, as long as you understand that that's not the way it needs to be. Yeah, and then that's like a whole other thing we need to get into is like, what do you do after a, a hard, unsustainable diet? How do you transition to a more lifestyle diet after that? So that that should definitely be an episode we cover too. Yeah, that is a good point because sometimes people rebound way too hard and are like. Like, okay, I've been dieting really hard, got my beach bod, now I'm out. And then they just freaking get fat for the winter. Yeah. Well, let's go and wrap it up. Um, you can find us at BNS underscore radio on Instagram. And you can find me at Dimitri Sebastian. And I'm Wes Kendall. You can find me at W-K-E-N-D-L-E underscore M-F-T. Please like, subscribe, share. And uh, also comment and leave us some listener questions. Ask questions. Please. I want to help you. I'm reaching out. I'm physically reaching out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you at the next one. Bye.